Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Peace. Peace and welcome to Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Happy Wednesday, folks. If you are joining us for the very first time, welcome to the Artistry Podcast, where we interview artists, visual artists, performing artists, and arts administrators, and talk to them about their creative journey. If you are returning back, welcome back. We're happy to have you here. Today's guest is Hadia Williams, a decorative artist and surface designer based right here in the D.C. area. She is the founder and creative director of Black Pepper Papery Co., um, what started out as a hobby based in clay based hobby based clay business in 2017 evolved into a full time decorative art and design studio specializing in handmade ceramics surface pattern uh, design and wall art. Hadia has collaborated with a variety of companies all over the world, including F Schumacher and Company, Lulu and Georgia. Brewster Home, Best Buy, WALPA in Japan, AARP, Meta, and Target. Her design. Oh, clap it up for that. Okay, sure. She busy. She busy. Uh Uh, Her design work is also a part of the National Museum of African American History and Culture's permanent collection. Uh, Hadia's work brings art traditions and stories together through patterns and handmade techniques that represent her cultural influences across the African diaspora from past, present to future. Please welcome to the show, Hadia Williams. Hey. That was great. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited because I've been a huge fan. We've seen you in and around the space for Absolutely. the past several years, have seen your growth and development. Matter of fact, had even oh. stopped by um, Target. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, and um, received some goodies, you know? Yes, indeed. So if you are in the area, folks, definitely be sure to check out your girl, okay? Yes, so, <laughs> hun, thank how you. you. How, you are, how are you, first and foremost? I am doing well. I'm grateful this is at night. You know, usually I'm on Zoom or on some video during the day. So this is nice. I I am looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. awesome. Well, awesome. we are looking forward to the conversation as well. We've Got been looking forward to it all yeah. day. Um, you know, as we've mentioned before several times, for those of you that are watching us for the very first time, um, we are husband and wife duo. Um, this uh, podcast was birthed from the pandemic we are creatives and we hang hang out with creatives Mm -hmm. and what we notice is that a lot of our friends you know we may break bread we know each other we hang out but we may not know exactly our friends path or creative journey or how they got to where they are today Mm -hmm. and so that's what this is birthed from and so during the pandemic um how was that i mean granted we're still here Mm -hmm. but Ish, when, ish, ish, right. right. <laughs> Pandemic light, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> um, how was that time for you, you know, as a creative, as a full-time creative? How did you have to pivot? Yeah. Pivot. That's, that was the word, right? Um, mm-hmm. So 
it was very interesting. Best Best Buy was um, a big project that I just finished. It it actually launched February of, of 2020. Oh, wow. And I was still working. Um, uh, graphic design is my background. So I was doing some contract work. And that ended in March. And I had gone to South Africa in, at the end of January. No, end of February. Sorry. Slid back into the country somehow early, like March 2nd, I got back. And wow. then my contract job ended. And I didn't, I was like, I don't know what the plan is, you know, by the end of, it ended in the end of March. So by that time, everything had kind of was mm -hmm. in the early, early stages. And I had no idea what the plan was. And, you know, so my partner and I were kind of trying to figure out what I was going to be um, doing with my my handmade work, which I had been doing for a few years by then. And June 2nd hits, and we all know kind of what that kicked off for Black people mm -hmm. uh, around the world, but especially in yeah. the US. Um, so this is a, a funny story, and not funny, but it's um, interesting in the sense that, you know, I we decided we were gonna put some of my ceramic work online. I had some wearable art, like, you know, jewelry. And as I was putting it up, it was literally selling as soon as we were just, wow. we were just uploading. We were like, oh, yeah. we're going to put this up, you know, try to push it out, you know, try to figure out a way to bring in some revenue. And, mm -hmm. and stuff started just, I mean, immediately within seconds, it was just going. And so from that point on, I think it just, that was kind of how <laughs> the next couple of years would look. It was just, this influx of um, mm -hmm. of interest, you know, it was taxing at times because, you know, no one was really prepared for that to come to come. So I had to kind of right. figure out how to keep up with the demand. Yeah. What did what did that look like for me um, in expanding what I was doing? Um, people reached out to offer me opportunities to do things I hadn't done before, like surface design was something I hadn't done mm. on a professional level. It's something I you know I played around with. So. There were all of these challenges creatively for me. Um, there was also the time to kind of uh, explore what I was doing. You know, I spent a lot of time in the home. So it was just a lot. It was a very interesting and um, sad and mm -hmm. and emotional and like on so many levels, it was just a lot happening. So um, yeah. I don't know what you all experienced as well, but yeah, yeah. it was there were so many things going on It's family stuff there's the creative stuff there's you know yeah. just the social you know just unrest it was just a lot so um yeah. i even i'm not even talking about the pandemic at this point but you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah yeah and so you know in scale when you think of um just it's 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 like you said it's funny and it's 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 sad it's it's rewarding it's also questioning like some you know i think for us 2020 same thing like you know folks wanted to support black business and that's mm -hmm. it's great but then keeping up with them at mo that momentum because we know as as we all do know that you know it's fleeting right mm -hmm. it's like yeah you're all pushing this now but then after a year and when things open up then what you know how right. do you co continue that momentum so it definitely for artists i've constantly had to um pivot and reinvent and and do a couple of things yeah and, you know. and put together your list of uh black businesses right. to direct your, your ally friends too 
heard that part. <laughs> that, that part. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all the allies. <laughs> all the allies. Was, you know, it was great because there were, I did put out a list because mm-hmm. I think we were all trying to figure out what's like, what's going on here? And so yeah. I did put a list of people that I was connected to, friends, mm-hmm. people I admired, and, and I did put one out. And there was someone I just met in South Africa who was just great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, she sold handbags and stuff, and it did major stuff. It, like it really, she she got a lot of business because I remember reaching out to her and trying to figure out how I could help because South Africa got hit really hard, especially because um, it's a big tourist. Like where she, especially mm-hmm. what she was doing was big on on tourism, mm-hmm. and she got hit hard. So I reached out. She's like, well, if you can just support my shop, and you know buy a couple things. So I did buy some things, but then when I posted, she got an influx of, yep. of, mm-hmm. of buys, which was really good for her. Of course, then there's the demand because, yeah. so it, you know, it, it had its pluses and, and minuses, but that was good one problems. example of that list, you know, for a lot of us that, um, those lists that went around, because I'm still trying to figure out now how some people found out about me, but yeah. Right. Right. Well, we're going to get into it. Um, because we want to talk about, you know, we I know we mentioned before with the with the product, mm-hmm. so we'll definitely get into that later on. But we want to go back. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. Um, you were born and raised in Washington D.C. You know, studied graphic design at Columbia College in Chicago. Um, currently, a full time artist. But what was your first introduction to the arts? Was it visual arts or was it performing arts? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Maybe visual, just from the mm-hmm. sheer fact of like my mom having stuff in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a social worker, and she would go to conferences and travel and stuff. And she would bring always bring stuff back. She had black art. She had textiles and stuff like that. So to me, that to me counts as, as art. You know, it's um, maybe not fine art. It wasn't, but it was still just seeing this work in the home, which had a great influence on me. Music, of course, um, mm-hmm. I was always like, music is, I think, is probably our, our first, like everyone, like you, you're hearing music from mm-hmm. the beginning. So um, that's very influential to me as well. Um, the records uh, and performing because I'm in DC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it was like chocolate, chocolate city. So, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Howard, you know, we were always going to Crampton Auditorium to see performances. You know, I was in dance classes with, um, it's called Footsteps now, but I think it was dance. It was dance place before dance place. I mm-hmm. think that's what it was mm-hmm. called back then. Mm-hmm. And so I was performing like The Wiz is my favorite film because I performed in The Wiz when I was like, you know, nine in that. Mm-hmm. In that. And I'll never forget that because I didn't stay with the dance program, but that performance still mm-hmm. to this day is one of the most influential pieces of art that I've ever experienced. So, yeah, because yeah. it encompasses everything that you mm. do, right? So it's yeah. like it's fashion, it's jewelry. I mean, it's beautiful fashion. It's dance, it's performance art, it's scenery. So, yeah, seventies, and it's the seventies. You know, what <laughs> else do you need? Right? <laughs> right, right, absolutely. You know, so you mentioned before. Um, you know, your background is in graphic design. So how did that, how did that love, how did that begin? Um, I was at Boy State University, you know, my HBCU, my mm-hmm. beloved HBCU. And 
I took some classes in like my junior year. I took computer graphics classes. It wasn't called graphic design because it was primarily set up to support the fine arts department. So it wasn't mm -hmm. a design program, but they had classes you could take. So you can learn how to mm -hmm. take your fine art to the computer. But I wasn't, I was a major in computer science. So it was just an elective for me. And I fell in love with it though. And then, and we weren't learning design. We were just learning how to use the software. Mm -hmm. But I jumped in and there were some artists in the class. So, you know, bonded with them. And then the next semester I became a TA. So I was helping, you know, new students come in. Mm -hmm. And so I just started messing around with Adobe and teaching myself more. And then we had a blizzard that, that year. And I was snowed in and and it's, it's funny, I always talk Maxwell was like part of my career because <laughs> Maxwell was, you know, this was like the the late 90s and yep. he was big and he had all of this art on online, which to me sounds really strange now because I'm like thinking this was over 20 years ago and the mm -hmm. internet played a big part in that, just downloading his images and creating album covers and magazine covers and and so continuing to learn the software. And then I graduated in graphic design. I mean, no, sorry, graduating computer science, worked for Verizon, but I was still doing design on the side, just any chance I could get to mm -hmm. you know, offer somebody a CD cover, like um, Camber, you know, Al Green. Mm -hmm. like, I did his very first um, CD cover. This was back then. Um, if he, he, I know he remembers that, but Mm -hmm. like stuff like that any friends and people who i knew who were um doing stuff i would do mm -hmm. that i think i even got an internship working at a company and you know in dc you get internships in the government all the time but mm -hmm. you know i was using their like um the word base um gosh publishing that's what it was called publishing yeah. mm -hmm. i was like can i do your your brochures you know i'm here to do mm -hmm. something technical but i'm like can i do your brochure so it was it was that and kind of finding any way I can to to use the the software I was learning. And then mm -hmm. I worked for at Verizon for a couple of years. They had a huge layoff in 2002. They laid off like 10,000 people. Oh, wow. And so I got laid off, thankfully, because I, I didn't like, you know, software engineering was not me. I did it because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I studied computer science because it was the 90s. I didn't have anything that I wanted to study in particular. So I just jumped into computers, but mm -hmm. um, I got the opportunity to go back to school after that. So uh, that's when I went to Columbia College and they had a second bachelor's degree program for people like me mm -hmm. who had already gotten their degree, but they wanted to do graphic design. Mm -hmm. And Columbia College is a open admission school. So you didn't have to have a background in graphic design or art to get admitted you just they had to see potential and and then you got in but it's a wonderful mm -hmm. school it's a really really beautiful school a lot of great people have graduated from there um i'm sorry i'm like i need to drink some water but um, yeah, it's all good <laughs> uh, the, the the filmmakers from uh, love jones like they attended that's one of the and soul food because it's in chicago so yeah. you know they, mm -hmm. so they all graduate from columbia so i did go, i went there and got my degree in graphic design my bfa and I worked for 20 years as a graphic designer. And so wow. that's, that's awesome. that story. And um, yeah, I, I loved it. And now I'm working for myself and I love, I love where it, it led me. So yeah. Yeah. Blessings upon blessings. That's, yeah. Shout out to all of the great schools that you mentioned. 
from <laughs> your experiences uh, with uh, Howard University, from going on their campus uh, to Bowie State, um, Bowie State uh, spent some time over there mm -hmm. like for, for multiple different projects. And then um, in Columbia as well, uh, Columbia um, Arts and out, out in um, Chicago, like um, one of the events, me and Elgin, mm -hmm. I think uh, me and Marcus D, we got to visit that school. It's a great, really great school. Yeah, um, yeah shout out to them too. Um, while we're talking about graphic design though, let me hold, let me hold you for a second. <laughs> Do you remember, because uh, I was a graphic design major as well at Pratt and um, do you remember your first freelance job, um, first paying a uh, paid freelance mm. job, and what was like the biggest takeaway from that experience? Mm. That's a big one. first paying. Um, gosh, I'm sure I missed something, but my mm. biggest first was the annual report for for my mom's organization. I got mm. the job fair and square, but I mm. had to still. <laughs> You know, I had to still put it in the bid for it, but um, but I did their annual report, and this was while I was still at Columbia, so I was still in school. And the biggest takeaway was to look at get a proof. That was my biggest takeaway of the print yeah. job, you know, because the print job came out and it was really um, washed out. I didn't, I wasn't happy with it, and they had had a printer that they had been working with for years and. Mm. Uh, or not years, but they had a printer and it, and I just didn't have a relationship with them and I didn't know what to look for, what to ask for. So mm -hmm. you know, the final product came and I was, you know, of course they're like, this is what you sent us. I'm like, this doesn't look right. right. So mm -hmm. learning that at that point to, you know, be more involved with the, with that, um, with that process, which, you know, of course, when I started working, um, full time, I learned really well, all mm -hmm. of that stuff, but, um, right. Was it a RGB versus CMYK issue? It, it probably was. I actually yeah. we did. Yeah. We did a um no, we did a two color Pantone. Mm. Oh, Pantones, yeah. Yeah, and and I probably thought I knew what I was doing, but I don't <laughs> I don't know that I had actually done. You know, you do stuff in school, but I don't know that yeah. I had, I had ever done anything to print outside of the the print lab at school. So right. That was a big lesson working with two color pantones. So yeah, that's dope. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. You know, to piggyback on with graphic design, you know, um, you know, you went from in addition to doing like annual reports to doing invitations, um, and then you sort of transitioned, right? So um, you started your company, Black Pepper Papery. Um, and then where you blend, you know, you wanted to blend your design as well as your culture. What lessons have you learned now for being a business owner? Mm. Um, <clears throat> like this is a touchy subject. I'm still <laughs> learning. <laughs> I am still in the throes of learning. Um, yeah. uh, get help. Mm-hmm. That's Say that again. I'm still, I'm, I'm still working on getting the right help uh, because I, you know, with it migrating or moving from hobby, which I think a lot of people are experiencing, you move mm -hmm. from this, this thing you're doing for fun to like, mm -hmm. oh, let me turn this into a business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us haven't studied business or don't necessarily know. Some people naturally will be good at it, right? So, yeah. but a lot of us, a lot of people aren't, especially creative people. Mm -hmm. um we tend to at least for me i'm very much go with the flow 
you know, or I am used to working alone, especially um, mm -hmm. even with graphic design, you know, you work on teams, but, um, you know, for a while I've been kind of working on my own. So even with it being my business and me doing it as a hot, starting out as a hobby base, I just, you know, I started doing things like even starting with Etsy, you know, it, it seems mm -hmm. very uh, accessible. So you do, you do what's accessible and you do that. But as you continue to evolve and grow, learning how to bring in the right people to um, fill in those gaps where you may not know what you're doing is, is key. Um, that's what helps you grow. So I am still getting that part worked out. Cause it's like, now I know I need, you know, I need an assistant, you know, I'm mm -hmm. trying to keep up with the emails and, you know, all of the administrative stuff. And um, it just, it becomes a lot. So I'm thankful for my studio manager, my partner, who's been helping me with that, but, you know, really bringing in someone who I'm paying to do this and really help. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's so important. I mean, that's one of the things why we, why we do this is because to show folks and to, you know, because we're still learning as well, like, yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> you know, Lifetime with, <laughs> with, uh, with consulting, it's the same thing. It's like, mm -hmm. it's granted, it's two of us, but even with two of us, we're still like, you know, we basic on our, we work based on our strengths. Yeah. Um, but even then, like, it's still, yeah. you know, it still requires multiple hands. Multiple hands make light work is what they say, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, it's definitely, it's one of those things that, like, you know, I think no matter how much we learn, mm -hmm. um, there's always more to learn. Yeah. And so I think what you're what you're talking about now for, for anyone listening or watching, it's really important to understand that you know no matter how like i always joke uh, i'm not joking when i say it but i always uh, call myself a black of all trades right and while it's great uh to to be um to have multiple skill sets and know how these different things work it still doesn't replace having a team you know yeah. and having people that allow you to focus on certain things when you need to just kind of lock into the one, yes. maybe two things, as opposed to trying to do 15. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, um, Which is a great segue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as a multidisciplinarian, yes. um, you've worked, as we've mentioned before, graphic design, you've done mm -hmm. worked in ceramics, textiles, jewelry, et cetera. How has your work evolved from, you know, doing graphic design work to doing the ceramics and surface design? How um, did that I, come to be? So, um, how did that come to be? Well, the, the, the ceramics came hobby. Mm -hmm. I took a class at District Clay, which is um, now it's like five minutes from here, from where I live. But mm -hmm. I took a, like a, it was a workshop, two hour workshop with a friend of mine. And, um, and that was great. You know, but I wanted to do more with it. And this was in February 2017. So it was a very stressful time for a lot of us in the US. Um, inauguration had just happened mm -hmm. and uh, kind of wanting something to add some joy, kind of keep me a little busy. So I started working with polymer clay at home. And, and this is all while I'm still, you know, working full time. So this is kind of really just fun, something to do. But um, using my background in graphic design, my understanding of form and line and function and, and um, composition and taking it to this, um, this new form of clay. So polymer clay, you can bake in your oven. 
So it's mm -hmm. something that I could do at home. Um, and so it was just, I'm just constantly, you know, looking at, you know, YouTube videos and finding, you know, things that I could use this clay to make and ways that I can use what I have, you know, in my kitchen. Like, you know, with polymer clay, you can use a glass bowl to make a, mm -hmm. you know, to make a bowl shape. So it was very, very accessible. And um, when it, you know, when I was able to, I took um, classes at the Art League in um, in Alexandria, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And those classes, they have tons of art classes there if anyone's looking for um, a place to take classes in any kind of art form. They do fiber arts, you know, calligraphy, you, you know, sculpture, you can... Mm -hmm work with clay. So I took um, a class there and I learned how to work with ceramics on it, you know, just taking a full 10 week class and really learning how to work with clay, use the kiln, mm -hmm. work with glazes. And, um, but in the, in the meantime, I was sharing my, my work on Instagram, um, my polymer clay work. I was sharing on Instagram and I, actually did a, a 100 day challenge. I'm skipping all over because there was, there's of course this linear or maybe not, maybe it was all happening at the same time in my head, but um, I did a 100 day challenge and it was a creative challenge that's still going on now, but 100 days of something, um, primarily creative, right? But it could probably be a hundred days of anything. And you just share something every day that you've done. So I did a hundred days of black and white, and I was doing different things in black and white, trying out at this surface design at the time. I didn't really um, have an idea of what I was going to do every day, but I wanted to test it out and see what I um, what I could do with the black and white. So it it was clay sometimes. Sometimes it was you know pen on paper. Sometimes it was something I saw on the street, you know, mm -hmm. some kind of composition or building. Um, and I did that and. It took me a whole year to finish, but I did finish in 100 days. And the last thing I did was I painted a friend's wall in her home. And that was beautiful. And it was something I didn't think I could do because the wall, she had like maybe 10 foot wall. So it was pretty big for compared to what I had been doing um, before. Mm -hmm. And so that actually helped me figure out what I was doing, you know, because even when I started, I wanted to... Um, yeah, I skipped over something else. I, I was trying to start a stationary design business. So mm -hmm. I was, um, I worked on a big wedding for a friend of mine and I wanted to take this concept of working with stationary design, doing weddings, doing events and turn that into a business. And so, yeah, so this is, um, oh, I, this project here is really special, but yeah, this is similar mm -hmm. to what I was doing, but, um, I didn't have a branding figured out. I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do with that, um, you know, with the with the feel, look and feel of that business. So by the end of the 100 days, though, I had gone completely away from stationary design into clay. But so black pepper papery comes from this idea of working with paper, um, doing stationary design. And so even though I moved into clay, I have worked paper back in. I didn't end up doing stationary design, but I am doing something, working for myself um, and creating, you know, stuff that uh, brings, you know, brings some some joy to people's homes and to their 
to their lives. So, um, yeah, I, I left out a few things because it's it's a long story that, you yeah, know, sometimes sure. I can tell it in the proper order and sometimes, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I forgot this happened, too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine, because um, we're going to get we're going to actually get to all that. Uh, the the slide that we just showed um, the with the invitation, if you yeah. actually could go back to it. Yeah. Um, so in 2018. You were among five artists in what was called the Makers in the Mansion. And it was an exhibit that was held at the Woodlawn Pope Lehigh Mansion right here in um, Alexandria. So you were, you created this beautiful, and, I, and we can attest to this because we were actually right. mm -hmm. live and direct. <laughs> we got to see it in person. And this this photo, as beautiful as it is, doesn't give it justice. You yeah. created this beautiful table setting well i'll let you tell the story but it was a beautiful table setting where you created not only the ceramics but the the textiles and you know the the invitations but who were the invitations for can you tell us about that experience yes so this was a project that i was um recommended by nicole Crowder, who's a great friend of mine and mm -hmm. she was invited to be one of the artists and she recommended me um to the director there. And so, so I brought in my good friend, Rissa Okadei, who mm -hmm. is brilliant. And because I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something special. So they gave me the dining room. So the dining mm -hmm. room in the home of, so Woodlawn Pope Leahy is a um, historic house. It used to be a plantation. It was mm -hmm. uh, gifted to um, Nellie, Gosh, I forgot her last name, but George Washington and Martha Washington's granddaughter, they gifted her this plantation when she got married, along with a hundred enslaved um, black people. Mm -hmm. And so, so they had this, this massive, I mean, it was, I don't know, it was like a hundred acres, 150 acres at the time, maybe, maybe more than that. It was a huge plantation. And um, so now it's a historic house. And so they did this project where they wanted to bring in um black artists to i guess to commemorate the the enslaved people that used to build and 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 create um the furniture there's the clock they still have that was made by one of the um formerly enslaved people there but so they brought us in and the dining room you know i think they were just like kind of thinking it would be something really small they you know you have this dining space you can do something nice create a little before the table, but I knew I wanted it to be really, um, I wanted it to, to be, I wanted it to be moving. I wanted it to be for mm -hmm. the enslaved people that served in that house. Like this, mm -hmm. space, you know, we want, we, I wanted it to be something special. So I brought Kat in, Rissy Kat, and we decided to make this an altar room. Mm -hmm. So this room was going to, this whole room was going to serve as an altar to um to those people we set the table to serve them so the the invitations were um you know it, in it was the concept was was that they were invited to sit down but when you look at the invitations there were menu cards and then there was um place cards and so the menu cards had uh the what was happening in the country with slavery and mm -hmm. the place cards had what was happening on the plantation during that time because the information that they gave us was kind of this like, you know, they were 
highlighting all of these things that happened on this land. And it was almost very light and airy. And it was like, yeah, but this was happening in the country, right? And, right. So, and also, you know, you had these people who were enslaved here. So we wanted to make sure that was not overlooked and not, you know, that that was acknowledged because this is a historic house and they celebrate the house as George Washington's granddaughter's home, but not mm-hmm. necessarily acknowledging all that came with it. Right, so right. even dismissing, like, you know, removing the word plantation and wanting to call it a house. And it was like, we were like, no, we're going to bring this all to light. You know, I think all of the artists did that in their own way. So, wow. but yeah. yeah, so this room, if you, you can tell me how you felt, but you know, people really were moved by it and, you know, a few tears were shed and, mm-hmm. you know, some people were upset. People who came to tour the home were like, what, you know, what is this? You know, cause they're seeing all of the work, but, um, it brought up some emotion and that was, that was the mm-hmm. point. And it was right. one of the most transformative projects I've, I've done so far. No, you did so, a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah. I, I mean, I still remember it to this day and that's why I was scouring Google trying, I was like, oh, I know that we had pictures, but I couldn't find it. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was, of course, obviously in 2018, but, um, I just remember thinking, first of all, the textiles, like that's what, and the fact that you literally, you hand painted, right? The the runner, the table runner and the napkins, like it, everything was so intentional and well thought out. Mm-hmm. And it was really like giving them a, a you know, a seat, literally a seat yeah. at the table. And so yeah. I think you did a fantastic, fantastic job. And right. I was like, all I kept on thinking is, so is this available for the purchase? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was so good. I was like, the way that it was done and it displayed, I was like, oh, this needs to be for sale. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that, right. but it was just, oh my God. And yeah. I know you have your thoughts on it Yeah, too. no, it was definitely a dope experience, Um, you know, I mean, Michelle pretty much said it all, but like, uh, I really didn't know much about what, like, Shell is the team researcher, like, not just for the show, but for most things that we do as a family. Uh, I'm more of the budget guy trying to figure out how we're going to get their logistics, <laughs> you know what I mean? So she, you know, um, when she told us about it, I mean, it's art, it's us, you know what I mean? It's our people. Yeah, we're showing up. And uh, no. I, I think, as much as she kind of prepped me for what we were going to see, like just seeing it in person and experiencing it. And, um, yeah, it, it was, de- it was amazing. Um, yeah. like I was, I was a fan. So, um, yeah, yeah man, it's, it was dope. It was yeah, that was, dope. that was great. And then we spent so much time there. So being on that land, especially at mm. night, that was mm. a couple of times at night and it's like, it's pitch black, Yeah, but you just, you know, you we felt an energy that was really strong. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was a really, uh, special, special. Well, you did, you did well, you did Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, so so real quick, we're going to take a quick break, uh, because you know, we got bills to pay. Um, (laughs) and you know, so a quick shout out to words beats in life. Uh, so we're going to bring, Miss Hadia Williams back in a second. Everyone hold tight, don't go anywhere. We're gonna, uh, you know, talk about some things because, you know, hip hop's turning 50. All right. So everyone hold tight one second and we'll be back with more Hadia Williams. All right. All right. So, family, um, we're gonna do it a little different today because even though, um, you know, of course, uh, Words Beats in Life has an amazing academy. 
where they uh, focus on hip hop education. Young people can learn everything from breaking, graffiti art, music production, DJing, MCing, songwriting, um, you, uh, college prep, you name it. But this week, we're celebrating 50 years of hip hop. You you see it in the background. You, it's me. You It's me. You know what I mean? My wife literally, when she's trying to get my attention sometimes and I'm zoned out, she'll just say <laughs> hip hop. And then I look up. And it'll snap back. Right. And then she just tell me, like, we got bills. I'm like, oh, word. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> so we're celebrating uh, 50 years of hip hop. And we wanted to take a moment just to let you know about these amazing events that are being thrown this week mm -hmm. um, by our sponsor, Words, beats, and life. So let's get these up on the screen so you can see the goings on. So first and foremost, on Hip Hop's actual birthday, August 11th, for those who didn't know, um, August 11th, 1973 was when that pivotal um, uh, block party happened, a basement party in the Bronx, um, hosted by Cool Herc and his sister. All right. And so we're celebrating Hip Hop's birthday with some hip hop karaoke. That's uh, being thrown on Friday, August 11th. Uh, it starts at 9 p.m. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is the karaoke. It's going to be at Art Wino. If you've never been, it's an amazing venue. Check it out. You get some great food, some dope drinks. You also get some amazing art and some live entertainment. So come through, uh, wrap your heart out, and, you know, don't, don't mess up lyrics to songs that everyone should know. <laughs> <laughs> because it's hip hop's birthday and we might have to take your hip hop card gun and badge immediately all right and then the next event we got going on all right we're celebrating hip hip hop 50 years of hip hop in the dmv in dc maryland virginia we're doing that at the lincoln theater we got performances by hey this guy right here with two thumbs name substantial i'll be doing my thing odyssey and uh, his band good company uh, we also got legendary hip hop artist Nonchalant, one of the DMV's like uh, pioneers for, for women in hip hop. She'll be performing live as well as Question Mark Asylum. If you don't know who they are, they're one of the first acts from this area to put on um, uh, like uh, globally for hip hop. And um, even had remixes of this song by legendary hip hop producer Eric Sermon. This was in the early 90s. So shout out to Question Mark Asylum. We got legend. DJ um, DJ Cool will be there. Let me clear my throat. Come through. You know what it is. So we got him. We got Priest the Nomad. We got Asheru, the brother who's responsible for the theme of the Boondocks, is is one of DC's own. He will be performing. Uh, we got YU, one of my favorite artists from mm -hmm. this area. The voice. Yeah, man. <laughs> XO will be performing as well. Um, I know I'm forgetting other people. Prowess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I said Priest. Okay. Prowess the Testament will be rocking, holding it down for women in hip hop. Um, uh, definitely a superior MC, going to be straight spitting. And uh, Godzilla will be joining my brothers from another mother. Um, I think I, I, they keep adding people. It's hard to keep up. It's going to be amazing. If you're not here this Saturday, if you're not here at this event and you say you love DMV hip hop, I got my doubts. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So you got to come through. All right. And then this event, uh, to close things out this weekend, we got Fine Lines Paint Jam. That's going to be happening at the Bridge Spot. That is uh, off of uh, Virginia Avenue, 199 Virginia Ave. Come through. It's happening August 13th from noon to 8 p.m. Come through, make some art with us. You'll be joined by amazing graffiti artists. Um, if you're a graph artist yourself, come through, bring your book, black book. You know what it is. Bring some fat markers. 
bring some cans let's get it in it's going to be great so again this is all brought to you by words beats and life shout out to them and the amazing amazing work they continue to do in the community uh and yeah anything you want to add you don't want to miss it it's going to be good yeah it's going to be good it's going to be super dope so yeah man um on that note we're going to get back to our show and bring back our amazing guest hadia williams all right Hey, yes, hey, yes. Hey. Hi. Hey. So we're gonna transition just a, a tidbit. Um, you had mentioned that you know, you've traveled to South Africa. In addition to that, you've been to Venice recently, Nicaragua, Lisbon, as well as many, many other destinations. Yes, many, many stamps on your passport card. Um, what destination out of all the places that you've been has brought you the most joy? Mm. South Africa. Mm -hmm. I mean. I just funny because I, I joke about how, you know, I I seem like I have traveled a ton, but I have not. So like, mm -hmm. you know, it's in the past few years that I've really kind of been like pushing myself to to get out there and go to places that I really want to go to. But South Africa mm -hmm. was one of the most memorable experiences I've had. Just um, you know, especially just going um to this country that had you know the people were beautiful the 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 um the land the the style like i think south africa i see some of the flyest stuff come out of there so um and i went with a, a good friend of mine uh chantrell lewis who who i think she had i don't know if she had been before but anyway we both had you know, it's it's just so wild that we went right before the pandemic because, mm -hmm. um, you know, so much has changed and and not having been able to travel for a while, it was one of those things I was really glad I was able to do um, at the time that I did. But I was ready to move back when I got back. You know, before the pandemic had really kicked off, I was looking at schools. I'm like, okay, so how do I get back to South Africa wow. in a in a longer term, which I hear that uh, quite quite often. People who go mm -hmm. either like try not, you know, they they like they go back and they stay and they stay for a long time. So, wow. um, yeah. was that your first time in on the continent? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. So I have okay. definitely have a list of places that I, you know I would love to go. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm I'm glad that that I was able to go there. Um, Cameroon is is on my list because that's mm. my matrilineal lineage. I you know I did African ancestry and it connects there, which there are a lot of you know a lot of Cameroonian people mm -hmm. that come up. Bamaleke is my um, my group. So so yeah, so that's on my list. And Senegal and mm -hmm. you know Nigeria and Ghana and all of all, you know yeah, all the great all the places. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's dope. Tanzania. Yeah, no. So, so that's awesome that you bring up, um, you know, African ancestry. Like we we talk about, um, you know, that's how research all the time, and um, you know, try to track uh, our DNA and different things. So uh, I know that you've been researching your family line uh, lineage as one who believes the artistic that artistic pra practice is passed down. Um, have you discovered a design or art style that has been passed down that you weren't aware of in your work before? Um, definitely when I looked at the um, Bamaleke people, mm -hmm. I saw something um, 
even in, in the way that they the there was the color was used and the they're they're the sculptures that they have in in the royal kind of um i don't know if it's called a palace but Mm-hmm. And they're these beaded sculptures, and the the way that they color block those sculptures, I felt really connected to. I was like mm-hmm. looking at some of that, and like that looks like, you know, something I was doing. Um, and so it felt it felt like there was a connection there, because yeah. um, I do feel like there is some sort of like cultural memory that mm-hmm. exists. You know, Absolutely. we know we know it exists with music and dance, but yeah. um, I don't know that we speak about it so much with visual art. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think definitely think there was something that I was connected to that I was already doing that showed up. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I love mm-hmm. that. Um I read that about you that you you know cultural memory, you know, um, and how things pass down and how s- certain things like you do that, you know, it's like, wow, when you look back or something that you say, if you're a singer, if you dancer, like certain things, how that passes down. It's just, mm-hmm. it's amazing to see that, you know, you, you could be so far removed from it, mm-hmm. but physically, but it's still, it's a part of your DNA. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's there, it's in your subconscious, right? Now, you have partnered with, um, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, with Best Buy, we talked about Target, um, Schumacher for wallpaper um, products. Um, You know, you are able to navigate both the fine art space because you do have product in the museum, the the African-American History Museum, but you also have product available in stores for some, not all, but for some artists, you know, some folks are just like, no. I just do fine arts. Some artists <laughs> mm-hmm. are like, well, you know, hey, if an opportunity strikes, then yeah, sh- right. I'm going to go for it. How do you reconcile the two? Because again, some folks, you know, are very much know this is my lane. Mm-hmm. I don't it, work for the man. I don't work for, exactly. I don't work for the man. <laughs> it dem- Some feel like it might diminish the art. Mm-hmm. What do you say? What say you? What say I? I say <laughs> I don't know. I say that um, I, I think for me, fine art tends to be, I think that's where we we would see ourselves the most when it comes to visual art. Mm-hmm. And so as a graphic designer, um, graphic design is a very anonymous work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, but it tends to be even um, uh, Lois Maylou Jones. Um, mm-hmm. She is somebody that I look at you know, I look at her career and she started out, you know, she went to art school, but then she started, she became a textile designer for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and this was during like the, the late twenties, you know, thirties. Uh, and so her work was very anonymous because for one, she was a black woman, but also mm-hmm. because she was designing for like Schumacher was one of the companies she did work for. And so she decided she didn't want to be anonymous anymore. And she wanted to be known for her work so she moved into fine art and i think Mm -hmm. that's how a lot of us see the visibility it's in the fine art so we tend Mm -hmm. to gravitate toward wanting to be in adjacent or in fine art somehow and i think i you know i had that same experience but the more i got into my career and the more that it's evolving excuse me um Mm -hmm. I, I call myself a decorative artist, which, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's in the arts, but it's not fine art per se. And it involves um, basically the creation of either 
home decor or uh, functional art. So wallpaper, the ceramic objects, the mm -hmm. textiles, all of that falls within the decorative arts, a furniture design. Um, and so that feels more like home to me. That feels more like what, uh, what I am doing. And I, I do add wearable art in there because it is, yeah. you know, you're decorating yourself, you're decorating the body. So, um, so I feel like that is the lane that I found, even though I, I try not to box myself in, but you know, I, you know, it, it's nice to kind of have figured that out. Cause like you said, it's something that is, you know, it's a contentious, um, topic for people, mm -hmm. so some fine artists would have an issue with you selling your work in a retail capacity. You know, even though the museum shop may put, you know, they'll put artists work on stuff for the museum shop, mm -hmm. but if you're just right. selling it yourself or selling it on your website, even though we see more people doing that now, I see a lot of mm -hmm. artists, you know, like Kahende Wiley is one that now you mm -hmm. see his stuff on a lot of different products, which is cool. It makes it accessible, but exactly. And that's, exactly. that is what I want for um, my work. I, I, I do, I, that's a big challenge for me. It's like wanting it to be accessible, but also know that I'm growing. And as I grow, you know, my work, you know, the cost, the value goes up. So how do I make yeah. sure that people can, can get it and it not be something that, you know, is not attainable. And Target was a big part of that for me too. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. everybody could go and get, you know, the $4 plates and okay. it's still, you know, it's my work. People are asking me to sign it, you know, I'm like, can yeah. you sign my, my plate? So, <laughs> So I, I love, love that. Oh, <laughs> need you sign my mug. I'm going to drink out of it again. <laughs> but I mean, you, what you That's said awesome. is so important: making it accessible because not everybody can afford a ten thousand dollar painting, mm -hmm. you yeah, know. Sure. But maybe I can afford a ten dollar plate or print, mm -hmm. you know, because I still want, you know, I still want beauty. I still want to surround myself with beauty. Yeah. But um. And I don't think it, me, at least personally speaking, I don't think it diminishes the art or brings the quality down because, again, it's still coming from the artist. Yeah. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly when you talk about, you know, graphic design being, mm -hmm. you could be very anonymous. And some people would like that. They prefer. But others, I could see how, you know, it's like, okay, well, you see some, you see your stuff in the stores and you're like, wait a minute, my name yeah. is not on it, but right. I did it, yeah. you know. So, no, I, I definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like... Um as a fellow graphic designer like i have never heard anyone word it that way like mm -hmm. when you were like uh talk about the work as being anonymous mm -hmm. but the moment you said it like i flashed back <laughs> to like it clicked like i was like wow mm -hmm. and um to a point where like this is a, a quick a quick story like uh i'm on a trip uh with this school that i uh, worked with for several years and um, I helped the school rebrand. Like I did their logos. Um, I designed the basket, what the basketball court looked like. Like so many things I did for them. And um, and like I just saw the branding so much that after a while you just kind of get disconnected from it. Mm -hmm. And um, so we were on a trip. The kids show up, and uh, the guy, um, uh, shout out to my man Victorious. He sees um, the logo like posted up on something. Like they recreated our logo and had it on something. And when he see, he just can't separate it from me because he knew right. that I did it. Right. But like, I'm just walking in oblivious. He's like, bro, like, you don't feel something when you see your work like that? Like, yeah. you know, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I did do that. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, so, yeah, but that the way you worded that, like, you know, um, yeah, I never, never heard anyone say it like that. But that's that's real. That's yeah. very real. It's something that. um 
Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm sure, you know, people are, talk about it, but yeah, in, in that way where like, you don't think about it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I think it's the same for a lot of design in general, yeah. Unless, you know, especially if you're working for a firm or in-house, but, but mm-hmm. even if you're designing for, yeah, like, I mean, it could be anything you have to even sometimes ask for them to like, add your name to like the little teeny byline and in, in the yep. credits of like, uh-huh. but this, they, but that's the first thing that people are presented with when they're encountering something that has, you know, some kind of visual element yeah. is that design. And that's what people will remember. And that's what right. draws them in. But that is tends to be anonymous in a lot of ways. And so, yeah. you know, um, some people are getting better about it, especially as social media, you know, becomes mm-hmm. has become such a big part of our lives. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, wow. Um, well, let's talk about scaling because, you know, we, we you mentioned before how, you know, we went from being a hobby mm-hmm. to b- now becoming a thriving business. Um, how, what were the steps that you took to go from having, you know, literally having your pieces, just doing it for yourself? You know, uh, granted, you, you went to school for it, you practiced the craft, you d- worked on your development. And then, granted, it's not like you know you're in class one minute and then you're in the muse- museum the next. Mm-hmm. What were the steps that you took that got you from this to next to next? Um, gosh, it's it was very organic. Mm-hmm. A lot of it had to do with me sharing my work. Um, yeah. That's the biggest thing that I've done for myself um, because back to the anonymity of graphic design mm-hmm. um, with this. It, you know, it was like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm creating this, this, you know, this object and I'm sharing it online. And it wasn't with the intent to draw in any, anyone, but it was just with the intent to share because I, you know, I liked what I was doing. And, you know, the more I shared, the more people wanted to see more. And, and so, and that was earlier in, to me, in the, the prime of um, mm-hmm. Instagram, you know, yeah, it was when it was at, at this phase where they hadn't figured out how to monetize it the way they have now. And so um, it was all very organic. So I like a lot of my work that I, um, the projects I've gotten have all been from people just finding me online. So, which has been a a blessing, you know, I I won't, um, you know, I will definitely acknowledge that. Like it's, uh, you know, definitely me doing work that people are drawn to, but me sharing it and, you know, people seeing it and, and wanting to work with me and to, you know, have my work, um, you know, in their stores. And so, you know, I've been in the, you know, the National Museum of Women in Arts, mm-hmm. um, had stuff and they, they were like, um, Milani actually, when she started there, she was like, you gotta, you know, we gotta get you in our store. So um, that was really wonderful. And kind of putting my earlier pieces in there, having them sold there and, you know, shop made in DC, Nubian Human, Mm-hmm. You know, people reached out to me from different places around the country. Um, the Ogden Museum and is that in Louisiana, New Orleans? Um, and so even with scale, like I'm still working on that because I still make my stuff by hand. So mm-hmm. what has been really um, great for me is getting these collaborations where they, you know, they cover all the costs and and I get to do what I do. But um you know, it's it's a collaboration and I don't have to necessarily produce, but that but I am working on that part for myself now, like trying to figure out 
how to um, create my own line of, of things that I can sell at a much larger scale because you know, that's something I would really love to do. And I am working uh, with someone now. I, I won't talk about it yet, but working with someone and we're, we're building a small collection. So that is the start of that, which I'm really excited about. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been really great. And the collaborations have been really, really helpful with um, being able to, to scale without um, me having to put my own money into it. Um, mm -hmm. It's big, you know, like getting capital, getting funding to be able to build um, is, mm -hmm. it's tough, you know, and yeah. that's a skill as well. It's like being able to um, raise money and uh, to, to, yeah, to expand in that way. So, yeah. No, Does that answer great. your question? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, you got it. You got it. Yeah, for sure. So um, before we uh, talk about like what's next for you, uh, really want to know like, you know, how has the, the arts uh, impacted your life? Mm -hmm. um, the arts. Wow. I mean, I'm like, where would I be without the arts? I, I've been a creative person all my life. I didn't realize it mm -hmm. really because I didn't focus on art in school or anything. But when I did create stuff, it was always um, memorable. Like even, I always think about high school when I took an art class in high school. And um, if you know the DC music, like I, I did some album covers again and I, I drew them with uh, like color pencil and it was like junkyard band. I did like JYB and it was like a brick wall and fire or whatever. And um, I did a couple of album of album covers and they my my teacher put them in the glass case and somebody stole them out the glass case so wow. you know like even wow. so like just thinking about how art has played a big role like coloring i love coloring um i love fashion like i you know i just like style growing up i um my mom had these books that had it was like a book for like different shapes of women, but they had all these figures of women in them and they had all these clothes and I would play with those all day long, mm -hmm. just like mixing and matching and putting together and like tracing them and, um, you know, building these, these, you know, these women and kind of putting different clothes. I love yearbooks growing up. Like I would look at my mother's yearbook and my cousin, he went to HD Woodson and, you know, I would look at his yearbook like, every day, all the time, just going through, looking at the superlatives and just the, it was something about the publication and the photos and mm -hmm. and the style and, you know, just really being into that. Um, like I said, my mother brought black art home, black books. And so, and being in DC, just being surrounded by culture yeah. and art on so many different levels was, was so important um, to my development you know, just in how I look at art, you know, I think, you know, I think it's a special, a special place. You know, I'm sure a lot of people say that about their city, but like DC was really instrumental in, you know, how I look at, at art and, and style. So. Oh. Oh. Well, that is that time of in the show where we have our rapid fire questions before we leave you. Um, so it's five questions. Okay. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but uh, before we do that, though, like, what's next for you? Oh, yeah, of course. I was going to do that. But that's fine. <laughs> what's next? Um, I am. I've been working with uh, 
some, which is a contentious topic, but I have been working with Midjourney. So I've been creating these mm -hmm. images and I'm working on taking some of those images and bringing them to life. So that's a big part of what I'm trying to do. I mm -hmm. am, I have uh, another collection coming out next year with uh, one of the collaborators I'm working with that I'm excited about. I have a big, big project. I can't even say, so I don't even know why I, had, I brought it up, but something <laughs> big is coming next year in the fall. You're, you're tempted to, to give us the exclusive. Uh, exclusive, and it's, You know, we appreciate it, but don't get yourself in trouble. You know? <laughs> big and wonderful um, awesome. as a designer and a, you know, somebody who loves you know, culture, black culture. Um, so I'm excited about that. But mm -hmm. like I said, there's another collaboration that I'm working on with um, another small business. All these things I feel like I can't mention because I haven't discussed mentioning them. So, yeah. Yeah. so just in that to say, there's some wonderful things coming up and okay. um, just yeah. continuing to build. So yeah, but Wait, you know, we'll me. continue. We'll continue to support. You already yes, know. please do. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll drink to that, you know. So. <laughs> Before we let you go, uh, we're going to jump into these rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, you want to you want to set it off? I'll set it off. Okay. I'll set it off. So, um, you know, born and bred in D.C. D.C., uh, we, Stan and I are very much foodies. We love food. We love mm -hmm. to eat food. We love good food. Um, but there's also, you know, D.C. has some staples that are mm -hmm. in the area that most of us, I think, have frequented. And if we, ha if those of you who haven't, you should. So. It's this or that, okay? You have to pick one of the two. Mm. No pressure. Okay. No pressure. Ben's Chili Bowl or Horace and Dickies? Horace and Dickies. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Good. She didn't. She, she was like, oh, that's, that's not even a question. That's, that's not even. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up, uh, Elizabeth Catlett or Alma Thompson, uh, Thomas. Oh, Lord. So these, for those of you that don't know, these are two prominent black female artists, um, both, um, if not from originally DC, but they lived in DC. Yeah. yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> I'm gonna say Elizabeth Catlett cause she, yeah. she's from my childhood. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All, right. All right. So, you know, I'll, I'll oh. let you take oh. this one because oh. okay. <laughs> Yes, as a graphic, <laughs> designer, graphic designer, Lord another. have mercy. From one uh, font snob to another, because <laughs> I'm sure you feel a way about fonts as a graphic designer. What's the font that you hate most? And then what's the font that you love the most? What's your favorite? Uh, hate, I'll say papyrus. Who loves, who loves papyrus? You know, <laughs> everybody loves it, but graphic designers. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, uh, it's a go-to for people who, you know, trying to add a certain flair to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. but, um, right. I feel so seen. Right. <laughs> oh my. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, favorite, gosh, you know, it's funny because I, um, because I, I'm supposed to be rapid, right? I'm all right. I don't, you good, uh, you I, don't good. Have a, I don't have a favorite of them. I'll say what I use a lot because I mm -hmm. use the internet a lot now, but um, mm -hmm. Montserrat. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I use the internet and Canva and like, I'm like quick, let me quick something that, that's clean and can get the job done. And I know, yeah. it'll, you know, it'll look good. So, right. 
Yeah, that's my go-to that's as well. Good. That's, go that's crazy. Yeah, that she shall know. Oh, why, look, when she asked me for a question, I was like, look, graphic designer, graphic designer. Come on, fine. I already knew. Let's I go. already knew. Oh right. Lord. <laughs> so next one. If you had to choose only one to mm. do for the rest of your life, mm. right? Ceramics or graphic design? Uh, which would it be? Ceramics. Ceramics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your graphic okay. design some stresses me out sometimes. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm like, can I just be done already? Man, oh my. <laughs> if I could show you this email of edits right. I got to do, oh my God. <laughs> I, feel I, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> oh my God. So, because hip hop is celebrating its 50th birthday uh, on Friday, you know, I got to ask. It's mandatory. The hip hop delegation has come to me and asked me <laughs> to ask you, what is your top five? All right. Oh, Lord. So, um, top five. So, I'll say Tribe Called Quest is up there. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I, I would say native tongues, but definitely tribe called quest. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote, I wrote, I remember writing songs down from them. Um, like I can, I can visualize that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a super hip hop head, so my list is mm -hmm. gonna be very. Um, it's cool. No pressure. Like Judgment free. But um, salt and pepper, they were probably, mm -hmm. they were probably my number one. Like just, I remember being a little Dark. girl, and yes, know, that was it for me. Um, mm -hmm. Salt and pepper. Uh, mm -hmm. Dope. So my problematic fave, Snoop. No. I, <laughs> no I feel you. I feel you. Oh, you know, it was a He's night. hard not to like, though. He, <laughs> his likability is so he he'll do some wild, like say some wild, disrespectful stuff, and then do something. It's just like, man, how can you not like this guy? How can you, yeah. So yeah. definitely, um, Outcast. This mm -hmm. is not in order. This is not in order. Yeah. yeah. Um, Outcast for sure. I just remember when Southern Playlistic dropped and. <sighs> I spent the entire summer. I listened to nothing else but that. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my summer job at SYP and mm -hmm. um, and Kendrick Lamar. I loved. Oh okay. yeah, so, especially so. you know the the early days. Um, those were, mm -hmm. I mean the uh, good good kid, Mad City. Yeah, and to pimp a butterfly. Yeah. Um, and that's like early for me. I know that's not his early earliest yeah, yeah. stuff, but um it's all good. I I I wasn't gonna call you out. I know. I was like, let me you know, I was like, okay, she okay. Right. <laughs> for, you know. I'll allow it. Right. <laughs> for the for the hip hop heads, right. right, right, right. Uh for the delegation, so right. they don't come for you. <laughs> Lord. Oh my goodness. Nah, a, we gonna clap it up for that. That was man, that was a good list. Okay. You know? All right. yeah, it was. Uh like I like it because you know, you got variety in there. Yep. Right? Uh, you got women and men represented. Mm -hmm. you, you got, got some like, throwbacks. Yeah, you got some throwbacks. You got some some modern artists. Then you also got like East Coast, West Coast, you're yeah. down south. You know what I mean? It's it's you know it's well rounded. It's a, a well-rounded, respectable list. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but we go, yeah, we clap it up today. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, thank, thanks for playing with us. No, we, we appreciate you making time for us, you know? Hadia, this was great. Thank yeah. you so much. I think this was very insightful. We love mm -hmm. to, we love learning about your creative journey, your mm -hmm. process. Like we said, we will continue to support you yeah. and y'all continue to support her. Mm -hmm. Available in Target. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you all so much. This was fun. No, and thank you. Thanks for the yeah. heads up on that list.
but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. No problem. Oh, gosh. Well, y'all, thank y'all so much for joining us again. If you are new to the show and you liked what you heard or you saw, please be sure to like and subscribe. Um, This wraps up our season Season four. Season four. Final episode of the season. Thank everybody for tuning in. And we're going to let Hadia go right now. But y'all stick around for a brief minute uh, because we just want to give you heads up on some things before we close out. But thank you so much again, sis. Thank you all. Take care. Thank you. you Have a good one. All right. So family, before we let you go, we just wanted to give you heads up on something. Um, Another quick reminder about these upcoming events uh, Mm -hmm. from Words, Beats and Life. Um, One, first and foremost, make sure that you are coming through for this event. This Friday on Hip Hop's birthday, Hip Hop Karaoke happening at Art Wino in Arlington, Virginia. All right. Again, that's happening Friday. Then on Saturday, you're going to come through the Lincoln Theater um, Saturday. Uh, I believe show starts at 8 p.m. There's a long list of legendary hip hop artists from the DMV. Make sure you're there. It's going to be amazing. And then on Sunday, uh, we're closing out with fine lines paint jam that's going to be happening at the bridge spot um on that's uh 199 virginia avenue southeast so make sure to come through it's going to be a really really great time a great weekend for hip-hop culture right here in the dc area so um yeah and the last thing wanted to remind you about in terms of releases you know i'll be rapping this stuff and i got an album out right now called adultish Please support if you can. It's now streaming on all platforms. Um, you can also pick up physical merchandise right now exclusively on Bandcamp. Shout out to everyone who's been listening to the record so far. Shout out to all of the the support. It has been crazy. Um, and um, I greatly appreciate it, man. We appreciate the love. Uh, and the last thing we wanted to give you heads up on, actually, I almost forgot. Um, so we did have technical issues on last week's show. Uh, with um, Opie Snow. So no worries. Um, you might have noticed that the episode isn't available right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we rescheduled with her. And so we will be re-recording episode nine and then making that episode live once again so folks can check it out if you missed it. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. We'll keep you posted um, for that. And shout out to everyone who's listening, um, you know, listening to the audio podcast right now or those of you who watched on YouTube. It is greatly appreciated. You want to close out with anything else? Thank you all so much for a great season four. Yes. Again, if you are just learning about us, please go sh- go check out. We had some phenomenal artists as we always do. Mm-hmm. And we so look forward to preparing for f- season five, which will be coming to you live and direct um, in 2024. But again, yes. thank you to our supporters, if for our newcomers, for those of you just joining us, and also for those veterans who have been with us since season one. One. We mm-hmm. so appreciate you. We're here. Shout out to WBL yeah, man. for their continued support um, of this program. We could not have done this without you all. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, for our supporters and our followers and our listeners, um, we thank you so much. Again, this is birthed from, you know, showing artists, um, you know, the the industry, like what showing artists, those who are inspired artists, those who are just supporters of art or art lovers who want to know more about 
the various forms of art, whether it's visual artists or performing artists or arts administrators, just to learn more about the process. Um, that's what this show is for. And that's, that's what this show is about. And we do, we try to do a great job in giving people variety of, you know, different artists. Again, most of these people are our friends that we've known for several years and our peers. And so this is our way of supporting and, and giving back to them as well. So Again, if you like what you have heard and have seen live on YouTube, please be sure to support by, you know, by liking and subscribing to the channel. Yeah, and you can also donate if you ever uh, feel moved to. Never, uh, as I say on my channel, it's never required, but it's always appreciated. Absolutely. Um, so if you ever want to support us, uh, you can do so via Cash App. Uh, it's sub art and music, but the dollar sign it serves as the S. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then Venmo, sub art and music as well, or PayPal.me slash substantial. But on that note, we're going to get all the way out the way and we're going to enjoy the rest of our off season uh, mm -hmm. of artistry. And keep in mind, let me, can I tell them how hard we work for them? We, oh, just, Lord. we just came back off of vacay, literally. like literally a couple hours before this show started. But, you know, it you shows want, the love. It shows the yes, love, we love that what we have. We do, and we wanted to make sure program. we gave you a great show. So okay. thank y'all so much for tuning in. We'll see you next season. Everybody take care. Peace. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words Beats in Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.